everybody. Good Wednesday morning to you. We are live in the studios of Grand Fork's Best Source. And like we do every Wednesday at this time, it is time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. And we're going to sit down with realty expert John Brodine right after this. What would tomorrow look like if you sold your house today? Maybe you'd move to a new city or a new country. Maybe you'd pick up birding or birdies. You could get into wine, not that into wine, or skiing, warmer skiing. Or maybe you'd spend more time doing nothing at all. When you're ready for whatever comes next, we'll be ready to help you get there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. What would tomorrow look like? Man, I tell you what, John, I don't know what I like better than that commercial, the wine or the water skiing, but uh, doesn't it look fun? It looks pretty appealing. <laughs> yeah, and then and you walk outside here and look at the weather again. Uh, we got yeah. round, well, whatever, 500 of rain coming again, uh, the way it sounds tonight or tomorrow That's morning. Right. But yeah, how have you been? I've been good. Good. Yeah, been yeah. a few weeks. Yeah, I've been pretty busy with work and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, things are good. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything new in your world? Um. No competitions coming up. No, nothing coming up. Um, we we're heading out to uh, for our anniversary. We're heading out to Duluth pretty soon. Here. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I love Duluth Memorial Day weekend. So oh, for fun. Time. Yep, yeah, yep. Looking forward to it. We one of a, one of my favorite trips that we gone on was we went and stayed up at the North Shore mm-hmm. uh, and. So this time we're just staying in town in Duluth, but we'll probably go up there and do some hiking and sure. stuff too. Man, I love it up there. Um, you you got to try. Uh, have you been to Pizza Lucci? Yes, in uh, the cities uh, I have, uh-huh. and then I think I've been there in Duluth. I'm not okay. sure. Try the, the. I don't know if it's still called this, but I loved it. The mashed potato pizza. The mashed potato oh. pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a potato guy like I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, three that things good. that stop people from buying homes. Yeah. So there's. It, so the things that stop brand new first time home buyers from buying their first house or maybe delay it, um, the main three things are going to be credit score, their debt to income ratio, and then not having enough money for the down payment. Um, so I can kind of give you an idea of what people need to work on when their goal is to buy their first house. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, uh, credit score. Your credit score does need to be above a certain level to buy a home. It's a little different depending on each loan program. Um, so if you don't know what your credit score is, you should, you should get one of those free apps like credit mm-hmm. karma or one mm-hmm. of those, um, and check it out. Now the score that you see on credit karma is not going to be the exact same score that your actual credit score is. A lot of people don't know this. Like sometimes their credit karma score is higher than what their actual credit score is, but it's going to be close. It's a starting point. It's a starting point. And so the main value here is you want to look on Credit Karma or whatever you choose to use and um, make sure there's nothing, like make sure your credit report that you recognize everything that's on there, Mm -hmm. uh, make sure there's nothing fraudulent on there that could be dragging your score down. Um, This is probably one of the first places you want to look when you're getting ready to buy a house because uh, if there's stuff that you don't know about on there, it can take some time to get it sure. you know, changed. Um, some of the easy ways to raise your credit score is to use less of your credit limit. So if like let's say you've got a five thousand dollar credit limit on your on your card mm-hmm. and, and you're using four thousand of it each month, even if you're paying it off on time every single time, um, using a high percentage of your available credit is going to be something that hurts your credit. Score. Sure. Sure. Like ideally I think people should shoot to keep it under 10%. Okay. Um, the other thing that you can do to change this is maybe your income's gone up 
since you first got that credit card. So updating your information on the, uh, on the credit card bank website or whatever, um, and maybe requesting an increase in your credit limit, um, you know, that mm-hmm. way then you wouldn't have to change the amount of money you're putting on your credit card each month. But if your limit's higher, um, you know, then you're naturally going to be using a lower percentage of it. Sure. So, um, you know, and if you have no credit, if you're a young person and you've never had any loans of any sort, um, even though this sounds like a good thing, they want to see that you have availability, like you, you have access to loans and that you use them responsibly. If you've right. never had any credit of any sort, um, even though that's responsible, um, they want to see that when you do have it available to you, you still use it responsibly. Right. So it almost people are always confused about this and they always say, oh, that doesn't make any sense. It's more responsible just not to take out loans. They want to see that you can take out loans and use them responsibly. Mm-hmm. So like for every 18-year-old out there, or some people's parents even do this for them, give them a nice head start by uh, adding their adding their kid as like a, a user on their credit card. Sure. This will... I think that's the right term as a user on mm-hmm. a credit card. And this will help start building a credit score for your kid. If if your parents didn't do this for you, most people's parents didn't do it for them. Uh, open up a credit card, a starter credit card when you're 18 years old. Use a very small percentage of it because mm-hmm. they're not going to give you a very big credit limit sure. right off the bat. Put a tank of gas on it each month. Pay it off on time each month. And that card, maybe eventually you transfer it out of being a beginner credit card into a, you know, regular mm-hmm. adult credit card. Sometimes it'll be a secured card yep. where uh, you give them a thousand bucks and it's like a bank account and sure. your credit limits a thousand bucks. So it's a secured credit card. Um, if you have no credit, sometimes this is one of the only options available to you, but then you'll graduate from that and it'll become a regular credit card. And this is one that you never want to close um, because the other thing that helps with your credit score is the length of um, the the longest length of account that's been open. So if you if you're 25 now and you've had this one since you're 18, it's good to have that longest one open mm-hmm. still. Um, and then not opening too many new things because it's also going to look at your average length of account, um, average age of account. So if you're opening up a new thing every couple months, that's going to drag your average age of account down. So if you're thinking about buying a house soon, you don't want to open up like a whole bunch of new lines of credit for things. Um, But to get a good head start on things. And, you know, if you look at your credit score and you go, oh, my goodness, this is not good, Mm -hmm. it can be fixed. Uh, They take a little bit of time. Uh, I've been there. Uh, They can be fixed. And before you know it, you're up and you're eligible. Exactly. And that's why it's important to look at it because Mm -hmm. if you don't know – Maybe you maybe you do all the other things right. You save up the money for the down payment, and then you start to look to get pre-approved, and you're ready to start shopping for homes. And now you find out that your credit score is going to take a year to get it where it needs to be in order to qualify. You know, you don't still better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 good to start on that early and develop a good credit score because this is going to help you with all sorts of things. It's going to help you get a lower rate. It's going to help you with everything. Um, you know, it's just. You know, Dave Ramsey, I, I agree with him on a lot of stuff, but this is one spot where I disagree with him. As long as you can use that responsibly and show that you can use it responsibly, it's going to be a benefit because nobody really buys their first house cash. So you do need right. to have a credit score. Yeah. Um, then uh, the next thing is having enough money for the, or I think the next thing I said was the debt to income ratio. So lenders want to make sure that once you buy your house, your 
new house payment plus any other debts that you have each month. It could be um, a car payment, could be a student loan payment. All of your debts plus your new house payment, they don't want that to be over, I think it's usually around 45% of your after-tax take-home pay. Okay. So you don't want to to rack up super high payments on things. Mm -hmm. It could be credit card payments, could be uh, car payment, could be that sort of thing. Especially in a situation now we're seeing interest rates higher. Right. So maybe before you could qualify for a four hundred thousand dollar house and or or for a first time home buyer, let's say before you could qualify for a two hundred seventy thousand dollar house. And now with interest rates being higher, now you can only qualify for a two hundred forty thousand dollar house, but the house prices haven't changed and you still wanted everything that was in that two hundred seventy thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways that you can increase the amount that you qualify for would be paying off your car loan, saving up to pay off your car loan, um, putting extra money towards that each month. And what you want to do is you, you want to look at your debts and you want to figure out um, if I put um, all my extra money that I'm saving each month towards any one of these debts, which one am I going to get resolved the fastest? So maybe sure. you've got like a hundred grand in student loans, but the payment's only like 400 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And you've got a car payment that you've got three years left on that's $600 a month. Well, it would probably make sense to start working on getting rid of that car payment first. Right. Yeah. Because um, you're going to make a lot more progress a lot faster. And then now all of a sudden that, you know, if you think maybe your, your house payment's going to be $1,500 a month, you've got that $600 car payment, your debt-to-income ratio is going to change a lot once you get rid of that $600 car oh, yeah. payment. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be important for a lot of people. That's one of the things we see holding people back. Um, then lastly is going to be down payment. Now, you, you need your down payment funds. Could be as low as like 3 to 5% of the purchase price, um, but you're also going to have closing costs in addition to your down payment, um, which is probably going to amount to about 3% of the purchase price. A lot of people who... Um, Maybe they haven't talked to any professionals yet, but they're like, hey, I want to buy a home within the next couple of years. Maybe they just think, oh, all I need to do is save up that 3% for the down payment. You're going to need a little bit more than that. Um, that's something they don't know. There's other costs involved. You have to pay your upfront homeowner's insurance for the first year. You have to pay your uh, fund your escrow account for your property taxes for that first year. Mm-hmm. You have to pay your lender origination fee. That's how the person who helps you get your loan uh, gets paid. Um, you're going to have a portion of the title fees that you pay for as the buyer. So you're going to have an appraisal fee. Um, that's not a part of the closing cost. That's a part of the, uh, you know, you pay that upfront when you order the appraisal in most cases. Mm-hmm. But so there's a lot more than just your 3% down that you have to budget for. So you do need to save up a chunk of money. Um, if you're having trouble saving money, uh, it's one of the ways to make it, I've, I've probably said this on the show before, one of the ways to make it easier on you is set it up like a bill. Set it up so that you know 500 bucks comes out of your checking account and goes into a set savings account yep. that you don't touch every single month on the fifth of the month or whatever, and you just budget for it like a bill. That way you don't have to be like, oh, I've got 500 bucks left over after I spend do my monthly spending and pay all my bills, and now I need to take this 500 and put it into savings. Um, you're more likely to be less disciplined. Oh, sure. If you do it that way, right? You know, um, every time uh, we do a Berkshire Hathaway podcast, I, I learned something. Yeah. Um, I, I did again today uh, with you, John, but um, these are things, and, and you mentioned it a couple of times as we were talking today, um, you, you have said, you know, people might not know this, or they might not know that this is this. 
That's why they just need, uh, as soon as they start thinking about buying a home, mm-hmm. um, they need to get a hold of a, a realty expert. And Because you guys just walk everybody through what needs to be done. There's no surprises. Uh, you know, to make it as smooth as possible, yep. uh, they need to get a hold of a realty expert. Yeah, yeah. If you're a young adult and, you know, there's so much in- information available to you out there on the Internet, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a good resource to... To access, you know, podcasts like this are going to help a lot. That's how I learned a lot about this stuff is, you know, podcasts and resources mm-hmm. that are just available to everybody. But you go, out, you do have to go and find it. And then talking to somebody is also going to help a lot because sometimes you don't know exactly which option you should choose, what, you know, and especially with like which debts should I pay off first. That's going to be a question like a lender is going to be able to answer. Um, but you have to, you know, if you're one of these people who... Um, you know, I always say the first step is getting pre-approved, mm-hmm. but that's if you've got the money saved up, you've got your debt-to-income ratio where it needs to be, and you've got your credit score where it needs to be. So it's really not the first step. Those three things are the actual first step to being able to move forward with the mm-hmm. process. And you know, it can take you know it can take years. It takes some planning, um, but especially for young adults, these are things that you should be starting to put in place. Um, you know, early on, it's super, super important to get you off to a good financial start in life. What's, um, um, what is inventory looking like now? Very low. I think there's Still around low. 130 listings on the market. Um, rates have gone up pretty substantially. I think probably since we last talked, they're right around five and a half. Wow. Um, so that's why it's even more important to get your debt to income ratio squared away. Sure. Um, you know, is it worth it to have that $800 a month truck payment and have a nice truck and keep living in an apartment? Mm-hmm. Or do you, do you want to have a house? Exactly. You know, sometimes there's harder choices to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, um, you know, that's one of the things Dave Ramsey's certainly right on is it's good not to have car loans. So you try to, you know, it's better to drive a, a, a little bit older car and just keep driving it sure. for a long time. As long as it's drivable. It yeah. Like, you know, there's a point of diminishing returns there, but having a paid off car is a great financial start because you're going to need a car regardless. And yep. You don't want to have to keep making a car payment if you fall on hard financial times. Exactly. So, yeah. um, if somebody wants to get a hold of Realty Expert John Brodine, how do they do that? Yeah, subscribe to me on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, my business Instagram. Post content on there daily. Um, and if you want to become a client, my number is 701-213-5428. I'm taking on clients right now. A lot of people want to move before the school year starts in the fall. So that's something to think about. All right. Uh, we're going to see you again on Friday morning. Yes. Yep. I'll be here. Uh, stay dry tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully all the basements do too. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. All right, there you go. For this Wednesday, your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast with realty expert John Brodine. And he'll be back again Friday morning right around 10 o'clock. Until then, have yourself a great day.